The Healthy High podcast has been designed to inform and entertain, not provide medical advice. While the show is hosted by medical professionals, you should always consult your physician when it comes to your personal health or before you start any treatments. Hey, 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 everybody. My name is Ashley Smith, and I am the host of The Healthy High podcast. Diabetes type 2 is another disorder that is killing our community, and it upsets me so much because diabetes is 100% reversible and preventable. So in this episode, we are discussing diabetes, how we can prevent it, and how we can actually treat it. So sit back, relax, and let's jump right on in. All right, guys. So on today's show, one of my favorite co-hosts is back. Chanel, how are you today? I am doing great. So we are talking about type 2 diabetes because it is definitely a big problem in our community. If it's not Mm -hmm. killing us, it's definitely taking our limbs and damaging our organs and stuff like that. And what's crazy is diabetes is 150% preventable. Yeah. So yeah. I thought it was important to have this episode to educate our community on diabetes and how we can prevent it. And even if you actually have it, like, you know, just some things that you should know about diabetes. So first, we're going to start off with some statistics, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and just to clarify, we talk about diabetes type, type two. two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there is two different types of diabetes, which is type one and type 2. Type 1 is more of like an autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which means like your body's kind of sort of attacking itself. Um, that's not really preventable, but type 2 is the one that we're going to focus on that's actually preventable. And, you know, just side side note, back in the day, they used to call um, diabetes, they used to say diabetes type 2 is like for someone that's older and stuff like that. But now, because of the way we're eating and stuff, diabetes type 2 is now starting to show up in adolescents and in children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it is so important to talk about this because the earlier you're diagnosed with diabetes and you don't get it under control, the higher chances that you have of being debilitated by it at a younger age. Yes, absolutely. All right, so let's start off with some statistics. So according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office of Minority Health, African-American adults are 60% more likely than non-Hispanic white adults to be diagnosed with diabetes. In 2016, non-Hispanic Blacks were 3.5 times more likely to be diagnosed with end-stage renal disease as compared to non-Hispanic Whites. And end-stage renal disease can be caused from diabetes. It's a complication Mm -hmm. of diabetes. Mm -hmm. Um, 2016, non-Hispanic Blacks were um, 2.3 times more likely to be hospitalized for lower limb amputations as compared to whites. Again, usually a lower limb amputation is a complication from diabetes type 2. And the last statistic I have is in 2017, African-Americans were twice as likely as non-Hispanic whites to die from diabetes. That's great. That's literally (laughs) four years ago. 
Yeah. Two times likely to die from diabetes. Two times. And um, I'm sure it's worse now. Of we're course. In, we're oh in 2021. God. Yeah. So I'm sure, I'm sure it's it's worse. Once uh they start pulling up statistics, probably in a few more years. Cause I don't I don't think they do these things every single year. They probably do it on a span. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure the next time it pulls up, it will be worse. So yeah, two times, twice as likely. Um, so I think what's important to talk about first is what normally happens in our body with elevate with sugar right totality right so that we can understand what's normally happening and then have a better understanding of what goes wrong um with which is diabetes type 2 so normally in our body we eat food and it's broken down into our into like a, a level that the cells can process and sugar is our cells fuel believe it or not so when we consume sugar, insulin, which is a hormone, is secreted from your pancreas. And the purpose of insulin is to allow sugar to get into your cells. Correct. Yep. So it's like a lock and key method, right? Yeah. So the insulin is attached to the sugar and it opens up the the doorway to the cells and allows the insulin to get in, if that makes sense. Right. Right. So the sugar to get in. Right. Exactly. Sorry. It allows the sugar to get in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's what normally happens. You eat and everything we eat basically has some type of sugar in it. Even like fruits. That's a good point. That's a good point. Because a lot of people think that when you say sugar, they're thinking about cookies, sweet yeah. cakes, a lot of like every a lot of things we eat that we don't think about is broken down into sugar in the body. We're talking rice, bread, um, pasta, mm-hmm. all these carbohydrates, especially if it's simple carbohydrates, things that are broken down very quickly, um, they turn into sugar. Once it gets inside and it's broken down, it is strictly sugar. Yeah, I think every damn thing is sugar. <laughs> Everything like at the at the end of it all, it somehow becomes even it has a sugar little bit. It. Yeah, there's sugar in yeah. it. Even if you're eating like clean, like I said, fruits have fruits are simple sugars, but they're sugar. And mm-hmm. there's even some vegetables like a sweet potato. Yeah, it's not called sweet potato for no reason. It's yeah. sweet, so it's it has some type sugar. of right, some type of sugar in it. So everything has sugar. So once you eat, your body breaks your food down into like the smallest element possible or the element the smallest element needed for your cells to absorb it properly and insulin is secreted so that it can help the sugar get into the cells so now what is happening in diabetes chanel so what's happening is two two different things that could be happening either your pancreas is overworked and it's not producing enough insulin because you're constantly bombarding the body with sugar, um, the the pancreas is like, I'm tired. I can't produce any more insulin. And another thing that is likely happening is, or could be happening is the insulin is there. It just can't get into this. It just can't do what it's supposed to do because something's blocking it from getting inside the cell. And that's something, for example, could be fat. Fat could be layering the cell and not allowing the insulin to get to the glucose and get it inside the cell. So that's interesting that you say that. So like the first example that you gave is like the pancreas just being tired yeah, um, from secreting the insulin. 
And the other one is that, you know, it's possible that fat may be blocking the insulin from getting the sugar into the cell. Both have something to do with your diet, right? Because if you're overeating sugars, then your pancreas is just like, B, I am over it. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to do this type of work. Okay. I'm sweating a little too much. It, it goes on vacation. It goes like on a permanent vacation. And it's like, yeah. okay, you're only going to get about two hours out of me today. And for the rest <laughs> of your life, the rest of it, you have to figure out on your own. Right. <laughs> and and so uh, your diet has a lot to do with insulin, which I mean, it has a lot to do with diabetes, which we'll get to. But I just want you guys to see like the correlation and like what is happening in your body when you're consuming bad food. Yeah. You're jacking yourself. That's up, really right? what it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ultimately, when these issues are happening, sugar, instead of going into your cells, it starts to build up into your bloodstream. Yes. And now we have diabetes. Yes. Yes. And let's not forget, right? So if you think, like you said earlier, like sugar is needed for cells to function, like that's their energy source. They need, they can't function without it. So if, if the sugar can't get inside the cell and it's hanging out in the bloodstream, your cells are literally starving to death because they have nothing mm-hmm. to supply them with energy. It's hanging yeah. out in the blood. Yeah, and um, that shows up very, very present in the symptoms when you have diabetes. Yes. Because your cells are starving so much so, you exhibit certain symptoms that will probably send you to the doctor like, yo, doc, this has been going on like a fruity odor to your breath, yeah. right? Because the sugar is just hanging out that when you start talking, it's like, wait, you eating some candy? Yeah, exactly. Like, what's, what's, what's going on? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's definitely a sign. Yeah. And also, this is kind of extra, but just FYI, if you go to the doctor and you have ketones in your urine, it's because of the starving starvation of your cells, yes. right? It's like a byproduct that comes out in your urine indicating like, hey, your cells are not getting any energy. What's going on? What's going on? So that helps the doctor to diagnose you. Right. Let's talk about some risk factors. Your favorite thing, <gasps> risk factors <gasps> for diabetes. <laughs> um, so obviously we've already talked about it. The number one, one of the highest risk factors is the obesity. Mm. Yeah. Obesity, and I, I, I included inactivity with obesity. Um, there are some people obviously that are active that are still obese, but most of the time obesity and inactivity go together. So you gotta get up and exercise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know everybody don't like to hear that exercise word, but listen, I don't like to exercise. I really don't, but I do it every day. So y'all got to get over that word. <laughs> yeah, you got you gotta work out. It's some gotta, physical activity in daily. What a physical activity <laughs> exercise. You be trying to put it nice. Get your ass up and work out. Okay. Period point blank. Even when you don't want to. Um, decrease your risk of obesity by eating your fruits, your vegetables, yeah. eating on the rainbow. If you're still eating meats, eat lean meats. Try your best to lean off of meats in totality if you're still eating meats. And if you're not eating meats, don't become the type of vegan or plant-based eater that's only eating carbs, mm. like breads and pastas, because that's really sugar. Yeah. Too. So yeah. keep all of that in mind when it comes to obesity. Um, another risk factor is fat distribution. So oh, uh, it 
seems as though diabetes is linked to people that have fat in the abdomen. Yeah. Like if your fat rests, because everybody's different, right? Yeah. Some people, when they gain weight, they gain weight in their thighs and their behind. Some people, when they gain weight, they gain weight in their arms. Some people gain weight in their abdomen. So diabetes has been linked to people that hold their fat mainly in their abdomen. Mm-hmm. Any other risk factors you want to mention? Um, age, if you have pre-diabetes, um, which we can talk about a little bit later. We can go into detail about that. Um, no, go ahead. No, let's talk. We can talk about pre-diabetes, so pre-diabetes a little bit now. Pretty much. So um, pre-diabetes is like, you know, you go to the doctor. You're supposed to be going to the doctor or seeing your provider every year. Um, and they screen you depending on your ethnicity, your age, your fat distribution. They do a level um, called the A1C. And so A1C is pretty, at least nowadays, for the most part, pretty diagnostic for Mm -hmm. diabetes, which means like if you get over a certain number, you're technically diagnosed with diabetes. There is a range prior to actually getting diabetes that's above normal, but it's not yet classified as diabetes. That's called pre-diabetes. So every and that's like a warning yes. to the doctors, like hello, that's a hello, red flag. We need to do something. Yes, yeah, that means that the way we're living uh, right now, what we're eating, as far as like food and then physical activity, whatever we're doing at this current moment is not it. We need to right. change it, Switch do it something exactly to get that number down. Because the higher that number gets, the more predisposed to diabetes we are. So depending on where you go and which lab you use. The numbers might be a slight bit off, but it's roughly between, I want to say 5.7 and 6.5. And that's for pre-diabetics. That's pre-diabetics, yes. Once you get over 6.6, some places might say 6.5 is diabetes, but depending on where you go. But once you get around 6.5, 6.6, you are technically classified as a diabetic. You're, you're diagnosed, mm-hmm. a di- you know, a diabetic. So if you're in that area of pre-diabetes, like we said earlier, like that's a risk factor because if those numbers are high, the likelihood of you getting higher without doing anything to change it is high. Right. And um, the normal, so first hemoglobin A1C, it's it's regular blood work. And what it tests is how sugar has been in your cell over three months. months. Three months, months, yeah. Is it the cell or is it the blood? I think it's the blood. Yeah. So how sugar has been lingering in your blood over the past three months, as opposed to like what most diabetics know about, which is an actual finger stick, which tells you what's the sugar concentration in your blood at that specific moment. So A1C, the normal level is is anything below 5.7%. Right. And then like Chanel said, pre-diabetic is somewhere between 5.7 to 6.4, depending on the lab that you go to. And full-blown diabetes is 6.5 and higher. Mm -hmm. So you want to be mindful of those annual checkups and ask your doctor about pre-diabetes, especially if you have any of these risk factors. So Chanel also mentioned age. Anybody over, as you progress to an older age, is they you know is you increase your risk for diabetes but again like i mentioned earlier nowadays people are getting it because younger. our diets mm. right are so saturated with trans fat and high carby sugary foods that age thing i'm sure will be a thing of the past soon enough um 
another risk factor that that the books love to tell us Ugh. is race Ugh. and ethnicity. Are you gonna say it? <laughs> race, yeah, race and ethnicity. African Americans, of course, they throw us down and say it's it's in your genes, it's in your race, um, and you're predisposed to diabetes. Um, hey, wait, can I just tell you how much I right? hate? I oh, and I'm gonna use the word hate a lot. But can I tell you how much I hate? I hate. I hate. I hate that. Like I hate when they do that. When they like put like African Americans are at risk or Latin or Hispanics are at risk. Ugh, it really gets under my skin because you're missing all the other factors that predispose us to be there, right? What your right. book is saying pretty much is that because I'm born black. I am automatically at risk for diabetes per se. When the truth of the matter is- And that's not true. It's not. The truth of the matter is, what's likely happening is we've been eating crap, trash, garbage for decades and decades and decades, for generation to generation to generation. And therefore, if my great-great-grandmother was eating like crap and my grandmother's eating like crap and my mother's eating like crap, the likelihood of me eating like crap is pretty high. And so I feel like that. So what you're saying is it's not genetics. It's not no. genetics. It's not like in your DNA. No. It's not your chromosomes. Even if it it's is, actually learned behavior. Yeah, even if it is, like, I'm not a, 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 I don't even know what the word is for people who study genetics. Like, I am not that person. But even if it is, it's there. It's probably there for a lot of us. We are pulling the trigger by how we live, what we eat, how much we exercise. Like, we're putting the bullet in the gun and like pulling the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's like, we all have, um, this is a, you know, a little bit of a side note. Like we all have cancer cells in our body, but it's how we treat our body, the environments in which we live in and stuff like that, that will cause it to either mutate and spread and, and become cancer Mm -hmm. or just stay and hang out and chill and be the, you know, and be the way it is. So, it's it's similar in comparison so family history if you have a family history of diabetes which makes sense right because it goes back to learned behaviors if your your grandmother was eating ham hocks (laughs) every couple of days and your mom grew up on ham hocks because that's what grandma was making and now that's all mom is making and now mom my grandmother had diabetes and now my mom has diabetes and now that's all my mom cooks for Mm -hmm. me as a kid growing Mm -hmm. up then that does make it a risk factor for and it's kind of tricky it's kind of tricky right because sometimes we call those things culture behavior right like in our in in the black community that's like oh it's our culture it's what we eat you know that's just what we do it's our tradition but it's like our culture and our tradition when it comes to certain types of food is literally killing us yeah yeah that's the truth so you have to kind of start thinking about do you want to keep up with those quote-unquote traditions or do you want to live longer do you want to walk around with a missing couple of toes do you want to have to go to dialysis because your kidneys are jacked up because of diabetes do you want to have to have vision issues that cannot be replenished or fixed because the veins in the eyes 
are very, very tiny. So once sugar gets in there and clog that all up, the chances of your vision coming back is is very slim. Like, do you want to go through all of that and take your children through all of that? Or do you want to break these generational habits and behaviors? Yeah. Like, you got to... You got to kind of try to figure out what you yeah. want. Another risk factor, of um, course, would be um, gestational diabetes. So that's like if you had diabetes okay, yeah. when you were pregnant. Um, yeah. They call it gestational diabetes. But if you had it when you were pregnant, then you're at, they say you're at risk for developing diabetes after the baby's born. You're at a higher risk. Um, what else is there? Oh, lipids or what they call lipids, which is pretty much, Blood yeah, which is pretty much your cholesterol. You know, we have a good cholesterol or fat, or fat right? Um, we have good cholesterol, bad cholesterol. You know, HDL is the good cholesterol. LDL is the bad cholesterol. And so if those numbers are not in balance, so like the HDL, which is the good cholesterol, should be greater than 50, depending on which lab you use. And the LDL, which is considered the bad cholesterol, should be below 100, again, depending on what lab laboratory you use. But if those numbers are the opposite, going in the yeah, opposite yeah, right that's what you at greater risk for diabetes so if you overloading your body with the horrible fats you're eventually going to get diabetes yeah. guys another risk uh, factor that we haven't mentioned yet is something called polycystic ovarian syndrome um, which is linked to women because you have to have ovaries for this um, <laughs> specific uh issue and basically what it is it's a hormonal imbalance that's characterized by like irregular periods excessive hair growth and obesity again that obesity word so it puts you at risk for diabetes and i think we have covered all of our risk factors yes if we go back to the blood lipid levels again this is an annual blood work that should be done when you go for your annual preventative screenings So please, uh, that's another thing that you want to pay attention to when you go to the doctor's office. You want to call and say, or before you even get blood work done, hey doc, are we testing my lipids? Are we testing my cholesterol? Are we testing for pre-diabetes? These are things you need to be thinking about every mm-hmm. visit, once a year, annually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you know, and like okay. you said, or like if you have risk factors, like in this case for diabetes, you should know your number. You should know what your A1C right. is. You should know what your cholesterol levels are. Like, you should know that. Yeah. That's super duper yeah. important. So, prevention. How do we prevent diabetes? Woo-hoo. I think we kind of touched the on it, easy. but we're going to make it its own category. Healthy diet yes. and exercise. Lord have and mercy. I don't know how much time I'm going to say this on this podcast. and exercise. And yeah. healthy diet does not mean we need to go on like an extreme fad diet i mean like eating yeah. healthy more plants more fruits more comp what they call complex carbohydrates so that's the carbs yeah. like for instance the sweet potato that has some fiber to mm-hmm. it so that when we eat it it's not just breaking down into pure sugar the fiber right. helps the sugar in the sweet potato break down at a slower rate right so that you don't get this right. this so you're not bombarding right. the pancreas. Exactly. You're not, to push exactly. out too much you're not bombarding the body with so much sugar in this one sitting. It takes some time to digest and breaks down sugar as it goes. So um, 
a pretty much a whole food diet. Plants, vegetables, um, complex, what they call complex carbohydrates, um, fruits, lots and lots of water, you know, stay away from processed sugars, processed foods. Stay away from processed yeah. foods, yes. And that includes, as I, you know, I'm in the middle of transitioning. Ooh. And yeah. as I, I, I'm learning more and more, I started kind of thinking about what's the difference between veganism and they have like veganism, they have plant-based and they have like whole food plant-based. And there are different levels. So veganism and whole foods have a chance, more of a chance of having processed foods in the diet, even though it's like, oh, I'm a vegan or, oh, I eat plant-based. If you're not eating whole foods, meaning foods that are growing from the ground, foods that are high in nutritional yeah. value, that don't have a whole bunch of different makeup and all type, you have to look at the ingredients. Yeah. So like, I love this chick on Instagram. I am surviving vegan. She does so much education and teaching. And one thing that she always say on Instagram is the front is for entertainment and the back of the packaging. That's for education. You want to look at the ingredients, the ingredients to whatever it is that you're eating, even if you're on a vegan diet, shouldn't be like 600 ingredients. Like you... The more ingredients is in there, the more processed the food is. So people are walking around saying they're vegan, but they go into the frozen part of the supermarket and and loading up for yeah, the week. On That's not good. Vegan food, exactly. You definitely want to look and see what the yeah. label says. You know, as far as ingredients, fructose, sucrose, uh, uh, uh malt, sugar. Those are all sugar. Maltose. You yeah. know, they have like a thousand names for sugar. It's all yes. sugar and corn, corn sugar. syrup, and there's there's another one. Fru- high fructose. Yep. sugar. That's all sugar. Oh, in the simplest that's form, horrible. in the simplest form, it's all sugar. And not saying that sugar is not good, but again, it should be attached to something that can help it last longer in the body, so you don't have this, you know, immediate shoot up of sugar. And it shouldn't be fake, like fake put together manufactured sugar. It should be sugar from a yeah. fruit that's mm-hmm. natural. That's 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 whole food. Okay. Another prevention method, exercise. exercise. Got to get up. Good old exercise. You got to give us 30 minutes a day, 3 to 5 days a week. Yeah. And that that will help um, you know, prevent prevention. And I always say and Chanel, I think you've also I've heard you say that don't mean you got to be in the gym running oh, down a yes. treadmill like like you killing don't. yourself. You don't have to do that. You can go. You can do brisk walking. You can lift a little bit of weights. You there. You can do mm-hmm. yoga. There's bike Pilates, riding. Anything. Things, anything. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. You got to be in the gym and and dripping sweat. It does not have to be so. Um, losing weight is a preventative measure, but if you're eating well and you're exercising, the weight will come off. Um, 10% of body weight can reduce your risk. So losing 10% of your body weight decreases your chance of Mm -hmm. diabetes. Another prevention method is avoiding inactivity for long periods of time. So if you have a desk job, you got to get up. Go for a walk. You got to walk around. You got to go for a walk. You can't just sit and sit and sit all day. You can't be working from home, 
sitting all day, then you close your laptop and you still sitting on the couch eating God knows what <laughs> watching TV, right? Like you can't you can't have that type yeah. of lifestyle unless you want diabetes. I mean, that's that's completely up to you. It's completely true, it's up true. to you. <laughs> um, another prevention, and I think we've mentioned it more than once today, is going to see your doctor annually and getting your blood work. Please get your blood work checked. That cholesterol level, that A1C, and you also want to check your blood pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we can move on to some complications of diabetes. So I guess there are so many complications of diabetes, but I think it falls under the same thing, which is diabetes, what happens is the sugar gets into the blood and then the blood becomes like syrupy, if that makes sense. As an analogy, it becomes like a little syrupy and then it's hard to circulate yeah. around. So you, a lot of people with diabetes have poor circulation. I'm trying to put it in terms that's easy for people to understand. So if you look at syrup, if you pour it out of the container, if you got a real rich it's syrup, thick. it moves yes. slow, it's yeah. thick, it's viscous. Your blood shouldn't be like that. And that's what diabetes do, because at the end of the day, that's what syrup is. It's all type yeah. of sugar in it anyway. So um, so the poor circulation now leads to a million different things, oh. right, Chanel? If we just start from like, heart I was disease. say start from like, you know, my favorite organ in the whole world, the heart. Oh, the heart. <laughs> the heart. We know the heart. The heart. Mom. Dot com. The heart clogged arteries. You know, like just high blood pressure. You can have high blood pressure from this because of the thick viscosity of the blood. You know, like. Yeah. And the vessels go out throughout the and, whole body. So when you say the heart, you have to think about the vessels that go to the brain, the vessels that go to the eyes, the vessels that go to the yeah. kidney, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So poor circulation leads to heart disease. And then heart disease branches off into many other things, right? Like Chanel was saying, you can have like atherosclerosis, which is like fat and stuff in the arteries. And, and then that leads to like a heart Stroke. attack because there's narrowing. Like, so it, it just goes On from next, one extreme yeah, to the yeah. next. So you got to be mindful of that. So poor circulation, heart disease, poor circulation also leads to nerve damage. Oh, talk about it. And that in nerve damage, that's where we start cutting off. Yeah, that's limbs. a nightmare. Like anybody, Just, anybody I've ever known that has, you know, that's really the the term for that is peripheral neuropathy. That's pretty much that you yes. feel this. It, it's a nightmare. People say they feel this constant tingling, pin poking sensation yeah. in their legs, and they can't sleep at night. Time. Oh my god, their nights are yes, horrible. All the time. Horrible. All the time. Yeah, yeah they. They can't keep still. It's hurting them. It's it's yeah. It's and it gets to the to point where they through. lose their where they lose sensation in their feet. It's so bad. Yeah. And then if the circulation is really bad, they lose in sensation, and then it starts to turn all types of colors, and then we got to chop it off. <laughs> I mean, that's like that's the really most what quick, it is. Yeah, simple, you're right. That's really what it is. Right to the point. It starts to get what we call yeah. gangrene. With this greenish, yeah. nasty, you know, foul smelling. What happens and... is, right, because the blood is so rich in sugar, you have to forget, you have to remember, not forget, you have to remember that organisms like sugar, bacteria loves sugar. So when you get an mm -hmm. infection, 
and the blood circulation gets close to that bacteria or that infection, they're like, oh, yes, this is a parte, a buffet service here mm -hmm. on my leg. And they take mm -hmm. over. And therefore, mm -hmm. your your cut, your bruise, whatever it is, can't heal appropriately. And tissues start to die. The cell around where this infection is happening, because it's not healing, because of the high sugar in the blood and the fact that the bacteria, whatever it is, mm -hmm. is having a, a blast, the skin can't heal. And if the skin can't heal, it becomes a greenish color, gangrene. Mm. Once we get there, most likely you're going into stink. black. It's dead. Now we got to cut it off. Yeah. Yeah. It's deadened. Yeah. Yeah. And and then another thing, I, this is what I thought you were going to say. You have to remember that the purpose of your blood is to oxygenate Ooh. your body. And so now if it is full of sugar it can't do what it's supposed to do it can't hold the oxygen because mm -hmm. the sugar is taking over so your organs that's supposed to be getting this blood that's filled with oxygen so that they can survive is no longer getting that so guess what yeah. they don't survive they die mm -hmm. they get gangrene and black and stinky <laughs> so and we have to chop oh it off so yeah. another complication of diabetes is erectile oh, dysfunction for the same reason, you're having this poor circulation. So if you don't know, when men get erect, it really is just blood going yep. into the penis. Blood pumping through those vessels. And so, yeah, so now if you're, if the blood can't get there because it's, or it's sluggish getting there, it's getting there real slow and sticking to the vessel walls like a, like slime, like the slime does in my house with the kids. They it's the slime <laughs> sticks everywhere. It go, anyway, that's neither here nor there. But if the blood is not circulating properly, a man can get erect or hard. So men suffer from erectile dysfunction as a complication yeah. to diabetes. Yeah. Anything um, else? Did we talk about end-stage renal disease? No, okay. I mean, we did a okay. little bit, but you can... No, it's pretty wanna, much the same thing. You know, it's very redundant. It's the more. same concept. You know, the sludge going to the kidneys, the kidneys can't function, and therefore we end up with renal disease and the clearance is poor because things are clogged up and can't filter through. And then after time of poor controlled diabetes, you end up with end-stage renal disease and you might need to be on dialysis because your kidney can get to the point of no return. And let me tell you something about kidney disease. So your kidneys, they are a detoxifier amongst mm -hmm. other things. They clean out your system. And when you have kidney disease, it changes the yes. look of you. Your yes. skin is ashy and dry. Like just you, you start going through yeah. so many different changes. And dialysis, if you talk to anybody that's on dialysis, they are so exhausted. Dialysis yeah, is it's exhausting. every week, isn't it? I think most people and have to go every week. It's 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 every yeah. couple of days. It's like mm -hmm. three times per week. So it's debilitating because then if you travel somewhere, you have to make sure wherever you you're traveling, yeah. you set up your dialysis. Um, like it's just so end stage renal disease can yeah. be so debilitating. So you don't want to get there. We talked about poor wound healing a little bit. And then eye damage, I did make mention. It's the same concept again with poor circulation to the eyes. All of our whole body is filled with vessels with blood in it to provide it with mm -hmm. the nourishment it needs to continue to function. Your the eyes brain. are one of them that diabetes love to attack. Um, so you do get eye damage in and you can't see. Um, the brain. And then you said what? 
the brain? The brain. It predisposes you to dementia. <laughs> yes. Re- mm-hmm. Yes. Research also shows that it predisposes you to um, dementia, which again, for poor circulation, yeah. same reason. No circulation to the brain. There's no oxygenation to the brain. So some of the cells start to die and then you get dementia. You start becoming forgetful, start forgetting people, things, and all of those wonderful, wonderful things. So you don't want no complications to diabetes. You don't want diabetes, period, because all of this stuff can happen. Also, a complication to diabetes is an increased risk of bacterial and fungal skin infections, which is probably, yeah, you, you yeah. talked about that. That bacteria, bacteria loves some sugar. We all love sugar, <laughs> even us as humans, that's right? True, but we got to be mindful. We we got to be mindful. But yes, um, okay. So treatment. This, this so there's a lot of I, I guess the good thing that I can I guess the only good thing is that there are a lot of new. I was about to say, there's something good. <laughs> there's a lot of um, treatment options. There's a lot of options as far as like medication. I feel like the treatment for diabetes has, has come a long way. There's a lot of newer medications that work pretty well. You know, we have oral medication. We have um, injections. They have, of course, good old-fashioned insulin to give you that extra that you need because your pancreas is not producing enough. But what you need to remember, of course, I think Ashley said this in multiple of her episodes prior to this, medication, all medication come with side effects. And so, of course, your sugar is going to be well controlled, but some may cause pancreatitis. Some may cause your, you know, LDL, you know, your cholesterol levels to go up. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't, you know, you got to be mindful because just because you, you can't say I'm going to eat whatever I want and I'll just go on medication because there's side effects that comes with those things and let's not forget like medication is a lifetime if you don't change your habits the way you're eating you're exercising you know there's no cure as far as medication for diabetes you're going to be taking it for the rest of your life right yeah the only cure is you changing your lifestyle and mm-hmm. what you're doing. And I don't even really think they say it's cure. They will probably say it's like remission kind of sort of. But just as long as your hemoglobin A1C stays low, I think that you're damn near cured. But you have to modify your lifestyle yeah. in order yeah. to get there. You know what I mean? You ever see these commercials? You guys got to see these commercials on TV. Any medication commercial. They talk about how wonderful (laughs) these medications are. You ever feeling blue? Well, start taking whatever, whatever. And Mm -hmm. it works so well. And then they show the person in the beginning of the commercial in their room by themselves. And then next, you know, halfway through the commercial, because they started taking this medication, they are running. They with their family. Mm -hmm. They also happy. And then that last Yeah, when they try to squeeze everything in. It's like... (laughs) Be mindful. And they start rambling this, on side effects real quick, so you're not paying attention. This, yeah. This, yes. They always do that. Yo, it, it it's a real thing. So you going on medication to treat your diabetes, it may be treating the diabetes, like Chanel said, but it's giving you a whole yeah. slew it's of It's not other taking care problems. of the actual issue. The issue is you're eating like crap. Right. The issue is you're sedentary. Yeah. You're just sitting around and you're not exercising. The issue is you're not making changes in your lifestyle. So you can continue eating burgers, fries, 
pasta, whatever it is you like to eat, and you can continue taking this medication for the rest of your life. But be mindful, you, there's side effects that come with it. Now, that's not to say that, right. you know, right. we won't start you off on medication, right? Because maybe you need a little help. For me to tell you to change your yeah. quote-unquote tradition or your cultural eating because you came to my office visit and now you're diabetes. Now, now I'm telling you, scratch that, flip your diet upside down. I want you to eat, you know, as non-plant eaters would say, I want you to eat grass and drink water <laughs> and start exercising. <laughs> like, that's a big jump. I mean, look at you and me. Like, we still in this transition phase of, of changing our diet. So, yeah. yeah, we might start you on something. But just remember that the goal is, okay, I'm going to start this, but it's not going to be for a lifetime. I am going to, you have to to take that accountability and say, I am going to change my diet, change my lifestyle, start exercising with the plan to come off this medication at some point. Right, right, right. Yeah, I I totally, um, I agree with that. You don't, you don't want to be on these medications for a long time. And I'm telling you that if you um, stay focused and stay dedicated, you can beat diabetes it's not it 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 may feel overwhelming it may feel difficult but it is not difficult and like chanel said like when you're transitioning or just changing you don't even have to say like okay plant-based but just changing the way in which you're eating you cannot be hard on yourself especially if you've been doing it for 40 Mm -hmm. years 50 years 60 years of your life that is not something that's going to change with a snap of a finger and it's like oh okay you know now i'm eating good and everything's good so i always say you want to be progressive and not perfect perfect yeah there's no perfect person but if you're being progressive and you're being mindful then good things will make sure you have support like that's so important because you know i I, we may not have diabetes but even with this transition i don't know about you but i have people that are looking at me side side eye i have my own family my own sister would laugh at me and be like what my what the hell is that Where's the meat? Where's the ox? You know? Wait. Yeah. Wait. Do you really make mocktails? If so, you need to send me that recipe. I will. I'll send you the recipe for the mocktails. It's really, really good. But yeah, but you know, you, you need to make sure you have support because if you're, imagine being newly diagnosed with diabetes, now you're changing your diet, your whole family eats what you've been eating forever, and now you're like the only, you know, for lack of better terms, outcast. You need to make sure you have a support system because it is so easy yeah. to get sucked back in to doing what you're comfortable yeah. doing. Yeah, I, I yeah. definitely agree with that. And being diagnosed with diabetes is already like a stressor, right? So like bringing it all together, I really, really want to start focusing a lot more on holistic nursing care and being diagnosed with the pre- with uh sorry with diabetes is a stressor mm-hmm. so then that starts to mess up mm-hmm. your mental health and it, it just it, it don't it's it's too much so let's just try our best to prevent diabetes by eating healthier exercising and educating our younger ones our yeah. up and coming ones so that they can start to change these patterns in a younger age because as we get older it gets more and more yeah. difficult it does it does you know what I and mean? you know don't forget this social media that think you know 
use social media to your advantage. There's plenty of resources and like, oh my God, you know, um, social pages that you can follow to help you get through this. There's a page, yeah, even with there's a page that I follow that's really good. It's yeah. uh, specific to diabetes as far as like diet and exercise. It's called um, Mastering Diabetes, which strictly, well, I'm not going to say strictly, but for the most part, talks about like you said, lifestyle, holistic changes to help you manage your diabetes. If not, reverse it. And that's on what, IG? That's on IG, Mastering Diabetes. So listen, Mastering Diabetes on IG. Chanel just dropped the gem for you. And it's very easy to also get recipes. I mentioned this in my plant-based journey episode a few weeks ago. It is like... Everybody always wonder, like, what should I eat? What should I eat? I'm so tired of eating salads. I'm so tired of... There's so many options out there online. All you have to do is Google a healthy meal. And so much things will come up. And I'm not just saying, like, plant-based. I'm just saying, in general, even if you're still eating meat, there's different ways to finagle and do... Even something like sweet potato. I make sweet potato so many different ways. Sometimes I mash it. Sometimes I put it in the oven, cut it up and eat it like fries. Sometimes I... um just wrap it and put it in the oven. That has a, different, a little bit of a different flavor. Sometimes I boil it when I make my ackee and sawfish. So like there's so many different, and that's just one vegetable. So you have to learn to be creative in that sense. It's not always just about, okay, be a vegan, be plant-based. First, just learn to be creative. Because if you do decide to transition later on in life, if you don't have that creativity, you'll go back, you'll backslide anyway. So start to just learn to be creative Mm -hmm. with your meals Mm -hmm. and be healthier that way. And then progress and then get your butt (laughs) up and exercise. Do some physical activity. All right, guys, that's all the time we have today. Remember, guys, your health is most definitely your wealth. Peace out. Peace out.